welcome to the Lunex podcast, where I am joined by guests to share stories of inspiration on career, lifestyle, and habits. I'm your host, Sabrina, and today I'm joined by my best friend, my mom. My mom is now working as a registered nurse at the Stanford Hospital in the apheresis unit, which specializes in using machines to filter blood. She moved from Hong Kong to California when she was 12, and she's here today to talk a little bit about her life story and career. Please welcome my mom. If you could, then tell me a little bit about your life after you came to America. Mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, see, I moved from Hong Kong to America in 1977 in August. And when I landed, I was well, actually not almost 12, but not quite. I started at like, junior high school in San Francisco. And then from there, a totally different environment. And I hated it for about quite a few years before I really get used to it. Because I, you know, I don't like to speak English. I I don't like the language. You know, I'm never, (laughs) never a language person. I just like numbers. I like math. I like science. I just hated that I have to relearn the whole language and it's like um and then like to be adapted to a new life and I just don't feel like I'm fitting in I do have friends they are all from all the immigrants from Hong Kong I met a few friends and so you know we gather a lot and we stay together a lot and I haven't met any not too many just really real American until until after college, I think. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I completed my junior high, my high school, even my college all in, in San Francisco. So pretty much it's a, a very huge Chinese-American community in there. And I just stay stick with my people. I don't go venture out. Even when I started dating, I really go beyond, like, people that I don't know mm. uh, or other race. I think I did uh, a one American guy, but it didn't work out. It just Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. but the, it's just like a casual dating. Type. Mm. I just don't feel like I can really fit in because I, I met his parents and just, I could speak the language, but I just don't understand them. I don't understand the culture. You know, it's come very different, you know. Mm. And the food is different. That's another thing, you know. You have to get used to what they eat, you know. I cannot, I don't like sandwiches every day. I mean, I actually don't really like pizza now because after I went to college and, like, there was too much free pizza and then now I just don't really like pizza anymore (laughs) at all. But I mean, like, yeah, so what I was wondering was then, like, how did you try to, like, combat that? Or how did you get through those years of not feeling like you fit in very well? That's how I, I just stick with my friends, but which is not a good idea, of course. <laughs> and I do met some American, uh, like, uh, kind of mm, people that I work with, or uh, 
I have counselor that always tells me you got to go out of your little circle of friends. Oh, okay. yeah. I have some encounter with you know some uh, high school counselor, and, and I was in this program. Mm-hmm. It's it's called Upward Bond, and they kind of pay for you to have experience with college because they really underserved, you know, kind of um, population. So I was in college in the summer when I was a sophomore in high school. I spent um, a whole month in the dorm, in the dormitory, taking some classes. And it kind of exposed me to first time I have a roommate and they are like African-American. Oh. And she's very, very quiet. She's not like the concept that I used to get when I was watching, because I never met any African-American mm. until we immigrate. And when you watch the TV, they're usually very loud. They really talk a lot. So my first time I met one that hardly talked, she's very timid. And it's like, okay, I mean, I really got a different image of <laughs> this group. They're not really well represented when you watch the TV that on that's all you know. Right, of course. I mean, media always portrays things differently from how it actually sometimes. Yeah. You know, I met some very different kind of African American. I was just like, really, I didn't know they exist. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they're like more educated. When I was in LA, then I met people that are like almost like a middle class African American, and they're like well educated. They're well-spoken, and they just never like the one that they portray in a lot of TV. I guess I, then I could see the movement on TV that they're changing their images and they're really speaking out, like, not to be portrayed that way. Yeah, it seems like, but, like, from my impression, like, growing up, like, you seem like a very open person now, like, which is, like, I'm really grateful that you've always been pretty easygoing and pretty accepting of things you know and have you always been that way you think um i yeah i try to be because of my training uh my professions oh. i do a, see after i was in college you have to be trained as a nurse and then there are a lot of training and i'm grateful that i have all these jobs all kinds of jobs and i got to meet because as a nurse, I really get to meet a lot of, lot of people. Mm, so, right. And I have to talk to many different kinds of people. And how are you going to talk to them? You know, how are you going to like, communicate with them? So you have to find a common points. So if you don't open your mind, then really hard to, you know, how do they say, um, get to know your patients, get to you know, feel what they need. So you, you can actually do your job because if they don't trust you, that's really hard to do anything, you know. So I learned that in school that the first thing you really have to get from your patient is, is the report. So you, you build that up, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, just it's part of the training. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I've always, like, been really proud that, like, you're, you're a nurse in such a big hospital and, like, I think that's really cool, you know, that I was, <laughs> and that I had the, the, what is it, the luck 
Yes, and the fortunate to have a mom who's a nurse so that I don't have to worry as much. I mean, you're always talking about my health and everything. And yeah, so I'm very thankful. <laughs> well, you should thank your uncle because I was not want, I didn't want to be a nurse. I, All right, true. Not my first choice. Like I was trained. I want to be a, either a scientist or engineer. I did all the science course in high school, and I took calculus in high school, which is like very rare at that time. You know, nobody takes calculus. Yeah, you know, in high school, I mean, yeah, nobody even. A lot of people don't even take calculus in college in America. The math level is like way lower than you know. But that's why I like I like I like numbers. I because you can never. You could always has only one answer. It's very weird that you have two answers or different answers. Like it's very straightforward. And what I think is interesting about math is that even though there is one answer, but there's many ways to get to the same answer. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's very. I don't remember too much things. I I just like to, I like to figure things out. Mm-hmm. If I cannot figure it out, if it doesn't make sense to me. I can never remember it. <laughs> that's, mm. that's my problem. I cannot remember things that didn't make any sense. So that's where I come from. <laughs> well, but I mean, so you've always like talked about it, how like, you know, at that time you were forced to make a decision that you didn't really want to make. And so what was going on in your head at that time that you had to make this decision to become a nurse instead of what you really wanted to be? Okay, number one is financial decisions. I don't have much support. And then I and I was recruited. I never even applied for that school. <laughs> well, I didn't went to apply. It came to recruit me and send me all this thing and said, come over, we have a program for you. And then they nicely planned it. The council very supportive. It was in the school that I went for the summer program, I was telling you. Yeah. Uh, so I went to like University of San Francisco and yeah. the, the summer program there. So I know the, the the school very well. I know the campus very well. And, and I really like the campus. And it's so close to home too because that means I could stay home. And my other choice was, of course, your school. Really? It was visible, yeah, as an industrial engineer. But oh, then... Yeah, it's really famous for engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to drive. I've never been to that school, and I don't drive yet. I'm sure that it's like in the middle of California, so yeah, it's kind of hard to it's get. It's middle of nowhere. It's not like you could just get there very easy. Mm-hmm. So I have that kind of like figure out, oh. and and your uncle please oh yeah, we, we want somebody in the medical field so mom can be well taken care of. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and it sounds like you could get a job pretty much. Uh, the job was available at the time. It was, you know, and you could move anywhere and still work as a nurse. So I thought, oh, okay. It wasn't my first choice, but the first year was good because the first year of nursing program was all about science, anatomy, mm-hmm. physiology. It was like biochemistry, all my favorite stuff. <laughs> The human body is fascinating to learn. And once you start, it just, you can't stop because we are so 
so complicated. Hmm. It's so complex. A million things happens every seconds in your body, you know. And the way after all this year working, I just see differently now, you know. The way that medical have the explanation is just too simplified to even explain a human body. I think the human body is always a really fascinating thing. And yeah, I've always been interested in anatomy too. Mm. What is like the situation now, like at the hospital, like with the virus and everything? The situation? um, Well, you know, I felt very different than what the TV or the news portray, which is like, I kind of like feel really disconnected, you know? And, and the way I see people on the street, I was just in the market getting thing right now, just now. Mm-hmm. And this lady was so nervous because she didn't have a, a, a regular mask. She had one of those ones that looks like she's just made it at home. She probably haven't gone out. So yeah. she was like quickly just grabbing something from the supermarket, some bananas. And, and then she asked the lady on the counter, do you have masks for sale? And so, and the lady goes, oh, yeah, 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 we have masks for sale. And they're like, 10 masks for $10. I said, really? 10 masks for $10? What? Like, this is like outrageous. Like, what kind of people will sell? I mean, the masks usually cost maybe 10 cents each. They're mm-hmm. selling for a dollar, 10 times as much. Okay. And this lady was so nervous. I was in Japan and walking around, there's some people who've been like legit selling masks for about $30. One mask. US dollar? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah, it's just, it's just they really jacked up the price, but there a lot of people like wear masks here. So obviously the demand is even higher here, maybe. But really? Yeah. I'm the, like, no joke, like, I've seen pretty high prices for just one mask. Yeah. So they wear the mask for what reason? I mean, like, you said that, you know, <laughs> masks are not really going to prevent much, but, like, everyone's always, like, what else are we going to do, you know? I think that a lot of people just do it because... Right now, it's like the the right thing to do is what they think, you know. Or what else are they going to do? So There's many things they should be doing, but when a mask is just, it's, okay, it's just my opinions. It's not going to protect you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but... Yeah, yeah it's, it's always, it's a big issue, I mean. But I was just surprised that, like, you know, the America and like the United States would go and follow up on that because while I'm in Japan, it's normally, you know, it's acceptable. Oh yeah, everyone just wears masks all the time anyways. But in mm-hmm. America, like that's not a, that wasn't a thing before. Like no one wore a mask. If you wore a mask before this virus, like you were suspicious. But I think that's just really crazy that- The only people wear masks is when they want to rob something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Now I see people wearing a, one of the face masks, like a ski mask, <laughs> on the streets. Ski mask. 
<laughs> because they don't have anything else, so they just wear those like hoodies, like a ski mask. It's so funny. The other day, was always talking about like someone going to like when they went to takeout, and then like the whole they were wearing a like, full body suit or something. <laughs> yeah, or just yeah, it's great. <laughs> How paranoid the TV had done it this time. <clears throat> Okay, but we we digress quite a lot from <laughs> from your from your your old days. I mean, oh, good. <clears throat> yeah, that's okay. That's fine. That's totally fine. It's wherever we, if you wherever you want to take it, you know. And I think like you've always said, and what I'm grateful for is that, you know, you let me do whatever I wanted. So because, like you said before, that you didn't you didn't feel like at that time you had the choice to become a nurse, right? Well, I have some choice, but then I don't have much because I'm kind of like bound by the financial situation, and you know, yeah, I and I have to get out fast. And I don't have the luxury to just testing water, like trying different major, you know. And one of my friend did, and she she was in business school, and then she would transfer to nursing. Hmm. It's always really difficult to like. I'm like at least envious of like you. At least knew what you wanted. I'm like doing, and also like I feel like nursing and even nursing just is a really a really valuable profession. Like there's a lot of people who you know I feel like you contributing a lot, and there's a lot of need for that. You know. Yeah, but I didn't really like the some part of it. But what I like, I find my niche. I love machines, right? I like to play with a lot of machines. I mean, right now, this is what I'm doing. What you do now? Can you explain what you do now? You didn't explain any context. Oh, well, I do dialysis, which is like play with the machines. And my other job, I have another machines that actually separate uh, people's plasma or blood separations, and to Doing that, I could treat treat a certain types of diseases. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna explain this for everyone. Like I think you said you worked in dialysis and apheresis before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so these are both things um, that use machines to mm-hmm. to do with filtering blood. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. And we do a lot of blood, so you know. Oh, yeah, that's a simple. We do a lot of blood. Hmm. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, thanks. Thanks for, for going over that. <laughs> as, as in the two sentences, that's just not enough to explain. Well, what I do. You know, there's Google for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure Google can really explain apheresis. It's so, so specialized. Really? Yeah. The, the, um, even I hate to say, but a lot of doctors don't even know that because it's small fields and. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, and like now you now you're you're working at the hospital and you're also taking care of, you know, <laughs> the family. So like, how are you juggling everything? Or how do you I juggle everything? I just do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. 
It's yeah. And it's you know it's like you're, always, you're always on the go, you know. And it's always been mm-hmm. like that since I was young, but like you know, don't you have days where like you just you know don't want to do anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, the thing I learned from my patients and all this year is I would rather be the one that's <laughs> up than the one in the bed not doing anything, right? And you're like, oh, okay, they, they can't even get out of the bed. So I said, okay, I'm still grateful that I'm able to do it. I'm able to do things. So <laughs> then you're like, okay, I don't complain. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want the world to reverse. So, yeah. It's so true because if you're a nurse and like you've already seen probably the worst of it, oh, I don't want to end up like that. <laughs> yes, it's good yeah, motivation. I see the worst. Yeah, I think it's good motivation to keep yourself healthy. And people always ask, "Don't you get very depressed?" I said, "Just the opposite." <laughs> <laughs> it's motivation. I don't. Mm. Yes, because I'm seeing people a lot worse than me, so I'm not complaining. Uh-huh. I should not be complaining, you know. That's a good way to look at it, at least. Yeah, a healthy body really sets a lot. Well, can yeah. you give us, like, a few things on, like, how you keep yourself healthy? Oh, um, there's, there's a lot of things. People t- always talk about what to eat to stay healthy. Yeah. But my concept after, like, doing a lot of research is it's more like what not to eat to stay healthy. Well, like you always, you're always saying like, oh, you shouldn't eat this and you shouldn't eat that. But then I'm like, well, then what do I eat? You know, (laughs) (laughs) eat real food. I mean, you're, you, you're pretty healthy. I mean, your diet is pretty good already. So it's really basic because just for the pressure. Yeah, you have to, right? We're still living in this world. We're not out of this world yet. So you still have to eat human food. Um, you have so, to eat all those food coloring. Yeah, so like basic health, you know, I think everyone knows what they 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 really should do, which is just eat as much green leafy vegetables as you can. Drink lots of water, you know, like exercise. It's like those thing, these things are really simple, and yet people are always you know reading the new diet books, the new the newest kind of like what's the newest trend for what to eat what not to eat and whatever but like at the end of the day like you know a lot of it is you 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 know what you're, you're supposed to do <laughs> you just have to do it but then the temptation is always there you know the temptation. you know um i listen to a lot of podcasts or you know like a youtube video and i love this this uh ucl uh, ucsf doctor he's actually a specialist he's a pediatric uh, obesity specialist kind of like doctor Mm -hmm. and he wrote some books like uh, uh, the first book called back chance i read that one and then there's another book called the hacking of your of the american mind so minds is very difficult to change you know habit forms and once they you just hard to get out. So you just cannot let yourself easy. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, the couch looks super good, you know. <laughs> but like, okay, I could sit there 
And once I sat down, that's two hours. No, oh, it's gone already. Yeah. So I try to be like, I have to make myself go, you know, given all the reasons. Mm-hmm. And motivate yourself. And like, I have a, a lot of motivation just looking at patients. Like, okay, I don't want to end up like that. So I'm like, okay, I better go. <laughs> I better do this. Yeah. Better. Yeah. So like you do, like, I know you do hot yoga. And yeah, you've always been pretty active and going at least once a week or something. So, right. Yeah, I try to get there at least like twice a week, minimum. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, once you get there, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> you just have to do it. Getting yourself there is probably a, the biggest hurdle. <laughs> and then, like, seeing the guy was like, well, stay in the room for the whole 90 minutes. You just make it. <laughs> yeah. When you see other people, it motivates you too. That's why with this lockdown, I haven't been there for two months. Uh, but you can't go. Two months. Oh, yes, two months already. Wow. Yeah. Haven't been in the hot yoga for, yeah, since March 16th. We're have still been, locked down. Have you been doing other things like during the lockdown then? Yeah, it's like hiking with two men. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You seen the video? Yeah, we did a little hiking, but same thing for him too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get him out. It's like I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, is my younger brother. I always forget that like there's no context for this at all. <laughs> Someone's name just randomly pops up. We're <laughs> <laughs> all doing our best. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I have to. Every time I come to after work, I say, "Do you want to go out and walk?" Mm, I played tennis the other day. You know, I was like thinking about it, and like I've recently just started, you know, doing the whole "oh yeah, going for a walk" thing, and it's, it's really nice, you know. And, and then I and then I had this like random thought, like, "Oh, I feel bad. Like, well, I kind of regret that I've never actually like just gone on like a casual walk with you." before you know yeah, well no we did we did hiking yeah but that's hiking it's just i just want to go like come, when you come home i'll be like oh hey mom let's just go for a walk like around the neighborhood you know because it's just a chill thing to do and like maybe but, when i go back like i want to take a walk with you that's a lot of people walking now because there's nothing <laughs> else to do <laughs> but when i go back like i promise first thing i do let's take a walk together we should do another video about the lockdown, how it changes your neighborhood. I, I have seen neighbors that i never seen before. Like, really? You lived here? <laughs> it's true, though, that, like, yeah, you don't really see people in the neighborhood. It's not. No, they don't walk around here. They just drive the car in the garage and close it and that's it. We've grown up, like, in this and, and lived for so long in that area, and, like, I've feel like I only know the people who live right next to us. And that's it. Like, I knew nobody else. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that, like, you can now see people. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we weird, right? yeah. Well, we'll see if, yes, <laughs> we can do another one. I, I enjoy talking to you about these kind of stuff. Like, I've always, I always learn a lot, too. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad, like, I help you guys because, I didn't grow up with any, well, okay. 
no grandparents, so I don't have any what they call the wisdoms from older people. And hope your your my mom is always like um she's a housewife and the thing the only thing she learned from is just watching that news every day, does it? Mm. And she she cannot give me any wisdom and she can't even read or write Chinese let alone English. Oh, yeah. Well I learned we I would learn a lot from watching the black and white TV when I was in Hong Kong. They were like all this movie, but then on the movies they talk they have all these about life things they talk in the movies. It's not like the movie you see now, it's like oh about joke and funny. No. They the movie that I watch has a lot of life lessons, you know. Oh. It's very strange, like yeah, and then I oh. learn a lot of idioms from watching this movies. Wait, these are Hong Kong, like Cantonese movies, Hong Kong? Yeah, they're all Cantonese, but yeah. then, yeah. You know, Cantonese actually is a, a very old language. It's, it's older than Mandarin. Really? Yes. They they have, like, more sound. Mandarin's only, like, four sound. Yeah. Was, I heard there was, like, six or, so, or, or, or more, maybe? It's only majorly four, I think. But Cantonese, probably, they go up to, like, nine or ten. Hmm. Yeah, there's like sound, there's like word that you read on the old poems. You cannot read in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, because actually Cantonese was the older languages. Mm. But I think it kind of lost. And then during the revolution, they, they just want to revolutionize languages, you know, keep it in one standard. Yeah. Mm. Well, that ended mm. on a really nice note. Yes. Yeah, that was really interesting. I think like every time I talk to you, I always feel like I'm getting a lot more about like my history and like, you know, Hong Kong. And I don't really even know much about it because I haven't, I've only been there maybe once, twice, Hong Kong. Once. Yeah. Hey, you should go. Yeah, I should go. Your daddy go. Because <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any relatives or friends there. Yeah, maybe um, one of my brother-in-law, but I, I don't think he even permanently did. Okay, well, thanks a very, thanks a lot for this interview. Hope we can do some uh, one like this again too. <laughs> it's okay. nice. You're like, welcome. Hope you guys liked it. You can find the interview notes and summary on my website at lunex2020.com. L U N A E X two zero two zero dot com. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you on the next episode.